Welcome to a wildcard episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, where we take a rare dive into the Marvel Universe. Yes, this is Ben, or Ben Banner, for this week. And with me, as <laughs> usual, is my co-host. I didn't even see that. It's Drew Hulk. <laughs> I, you know, I'm wearing green, too. This is not planned. <laughs> Wait, did you deliberately wear green for tonight? Or No, no wow, not okay. planned at all. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> By happenstance. So, anyway. Yes, indeed. There's no Batman this week. Instead, we're tackling a character who's made her live-action debut and been discussed more around the internet these days than probably ever before, and that's She-Hulk. So, uh, oh, the man. Marvel show She-Hulk Attorney at Law premiered about a month ago now on Disney+, Plus, starring Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters and her alter ego, She-Hulk. But we also could have seen her in other iterations in the 90s, so we're going to be covering the many unsuccessful attempts at bringing She-Hulk to life. I say many, but it's really like three. But still, <laughs> uh, this, the, with a lot of these Marvel projects, it, it took a long time for them to gestate until finally uh, either we had some former version of it on like TV or uh, we got to finally see it brought to life for real with the MCU. So uh, She-Hulk just happens to be one of those. And I believe you've said before on uh, Twitter that this is your favorite female superhero, Andrew? It could be. I mean, One I don't know. Least. I don't know why. It's just kind of uh, you just vibe with a certain character. I'm not sure. I know Wonder Woman is the most iconic one, mm-hmm. um, and I grew up more with Jean Grey. I don't know what it is. I but um, yeah, it's either her, or maybe maybe Jean Grey. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, I think she's up uh, there. She's definitely way up there for me. There's something cool about what. This is in the Wizard and Bruiser, the Bruiser episode that you recommended to me where they talk about how, like, it's she's not weighed down by the burden of having superpowers like a lot of other characters, oh, like right, especially right. her cousin, where it's just like, oh, no, right. this is fun. You know, this is a fun right. aspect to it, even though earlier on in the very early comics, I'm actually reading some of the early issues where I'm just like, oh, this is a lot darker than what I was expecting because it needed to get to sort of an evolution before John Byrne did the whole, like, comedic, more comedic take on, on She-Hulk in right. 89. So uh, I guess for a quick history, for those who might not know, She-Hulk was created out of very interesting circumstances, uh, and that's because around the 80s, the Hulk was probably one of the more successful live-action Marvel translations ever because of the fact that we had the uh, Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno uh, Hulk television series with Bill Bixby as Dr. David Banner because they didn't like the name Bruce. Because the name Bruce was too gay. They thought thought the name Bruce was gay. Didn't (laughs) didn't we just have Bruce Wayne 10 years before that? Yeah. On Adam West? Like, what? I don't get this. It's a different uh, creative team. uh, By the way, Lou Ferrigno's traps are ridiculous in this fucking picture. This This is a monster, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's perfectly cast in this. Uh, This show not only had a live-action Hulk, but also started introducing other Marvel characters in their different TV movies. We had Eric Allen Kramer as Thor and Rex Smith as Daredevil, who originated the black ninja-type look that later ended up in the Frank Miller Man Without Fear comic, which then, of course, carries over most famously with Charlie Cox's Daredevil in uh, the first and third season of that show. So uh, that kind of paved the way, but the man behind this version of the Hulk was a man named Kenneth Johnson, who had done the $6 million man, but that had a female-led spinoff, which was Bionic Woman, 
which we actually had a reference to uh, a couple months ago when we had uh, Henry Kinji on here from Batman Returns, because Henry, for those who don't know, is the ex-husband to the bionic woman herself, Lindsay Wagner, which I think you pointed out to me uh, when we were yeah. uh, sort of doing the research for that episode. I'm like, that's insane. I was going through <laughs> their trivia page on IMDb. Yeah. So that's where that came from. So we kind of have a prior connection to this. But uh, Marvel sees, okay, guy who did uh, $6 million man and bionic woman. He's now doing Incredible Hulk. Oh, shit. He's probably going to do another female-led spinoff. There are rumors that the plan, and this is unsubstantiated. I couldn't find if, how true this was. But the plan might have been for Dr. David Banner to give his blood at one point to his sister, Helen. And that would turn her into a She-Hulk for the fifth season. But... Whatever the case was, what is seems to be true is that Marvel was afraid that if Kenneth Johnson was going to do a spinoff, that Johnson would have the rights to this She-Hulk-type character rather than them. So they wanted to beat him to the punch and dictated that they ne there needed to be a She-Hulk in the comics. And so Stanley himself ended up co-creating this in 1980 in The Savage She-Hulk, number one, with him and John Buscema. Uh, though the next issue's writing gets taken over by David Allen, An sorry, David Anthony Kraft, who would David end up, Allen Greer takes David over. Allen Greer would end up taking over <laughs> She-Hulk, and that's how this ended up happening. That's that's how this <laughs> happened. So there we go. Yeah, David Anthony Kraft, who basically <laughs> the legend goes is that he hated the idea of a She-Hulk, so he he wanted to take it over so that no one else would be able to fuck it up. He wanted to be able to say like, okay, let's make this its own thing and not just you know, Bruce Banner in a skirt type of thing. Stan Lee hated good. right? Is that what you said? Uh, David Anthony Kraft, but I oh, think yeah. also Stan Lee might have hated the idea of doing this simply because of the fact that uh, apparently he was not a big fan of these, like, legacy spin-off type characters, but yeah. he was kind of given the go-ahead or the, the dictation to do this, and it was just like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> she just, she's a cousin, and she gets a blood transfusion, and that's about it. So, um... <laughs> Uh, uh, the if you have a Kindle, they're actually available for free on Prime Reading, uh, if you have that with Amazon Prime. So check it out, the original run, uh, the first 14 issues on Kindle. They're a lot darker in tone than what She-Hulk's currently known for. I was surprised. There's a whole thing about uh, her parent or her mom getting killed by the mob boss she's trying to take down. Uh, oh, there wow. are different characters who are killed. And uh, in the TV show, she seems to be able to change into She-Hulk at will, but she didn't, she originally was more like uh, Bruce Banner in the sense that like it only happened when she was irritated, but she gained control of it thanks to a serum from Dr. Michael Morbius. So it was Morbin time <laughs> in, the, in the 80s. Love it. She was I still haven't, it, so. I, I haven't Morbed just yet. I know it's on Netflix right now. I have I, not I do. I do want to Morb at some point, see what happens. Maybe <laughs> a special Halloween <laughs> That wasn't a hint at an episode. I was just, I just want to see Morbius. Yes. I've heard some people say it's like, all right. But anyway, we'll get back to that later. I think I'll just have Maybe. it in the background or something. Yeah, yeah. Put on the background. <laughs> so, but yeah, John Byrne was the one that made it to where she's like talking to, that she's breaking the fourth wall yeah. and all that shit, right? 89. Yeah, the 89 run, the sensational She-Hulk, not the savage she-Hulk, but the sensational She-Hulk in 89 from John Byrne. He had previously revamped Superman and Man of Steel. Then he was tasked with, like, okay, let's do She-Hulk. And apparently it was on the subway where Byrne was like, hey, here's the take. She knows she's in the comic book. 
So that kind of created this whole fourth wall breaking type of thing before Deadpool. Uh, yeah, way and before. that was, yeah. And that kind of helped make her even more of her own thing rather than just, again, it could have just easily been like lawyer by day, you know, Hulk at night type of thing, a combination of Daredevil and, and Bruce Banner, but she's a she. So like that, it, it basically put it in a different direction to make her more of her own character, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. So since the TV show with Bigsby and Ferrigno was partially responsible for its creation, you would think it's no brainer. They would want to bring her into that, you know, into that show, into that universe. And apparently there may have been several attempts to try to bring that over. So now back to what we were talking about with the unmade She-Hulks. A lot of the info I'm sharing comes from an article from Murphy's Multiverse. And according to their research, there were rumors from Starlog's comic scene magazine that She-Hulk was to appear in the final TV film with Bixby and Ferrigno, which was 1990's The Death of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, which kind of makes sense. You would think maybe he dies and then she takes over and that is now like a She-Hulk thing as they continue the franchise. However, this didn't happen. She's not in the final film. So who knows what happened there? There was still development of an episode called, I'm not an episode, a, a sequel to this, The Revenge of the Incredible Hulk, where I guess they would have resurrected the character from the dead, which kind of defeats the purpose of the death of the Incredible Hulk, but okay. Uh, but that ended up getting stalled, and uh, the death of the Incredible Hulk was the final television movie for this. However, it looks like ABC still wanted to do the character, and at that time there was no Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Studios, there's no Disney in control of this type of stuff. They probably Disney at this point is probably laughing at this whole Marvel thing and not even imagining a world where they can make these movies. Uh, instead, it is a company that's, I don't think they're around anymore, New World Pictures has the adaptation rights to Marvel okay. at this point. And they're like, we're going to bring She-Hulk to the screen again on, tele- and on television, uh, probably because of the fact Hulk is so popular on television. They're probably not thinking movie just yet. So right. uh, many say this would have been a spinoff to The Incredible Hulk show, with Bigsby and Ferrigno returning to kind of pass the torch over to She-Hulk. And one of the things that sort of sort of supports this is the fact that we know for sure one of the confirmed people behind this was a woman named Jill Sherman Donner, who was a producer on the Incredible Hulk series. So uh, she for sure was in development around 1990, 1991 for this. So according to Murphy's Multiverse, the network ABC wanted actress Melissa Gilbert to play Jennifer Walters. Uh, She had played Laura Ingalls Wilder in Little House on the Prairie, (laughs) going way, way back and stuff as a kid. But she's more famous among us Bat fans as being the voice of Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, in Batman the Animated Series. So that could have been interesting to have uh, somebody who was going to be She-Hulk also end up being Batgirl and sort of live in both worlds. Uh, But it looks like Jill Sherman Donner had a different choice uh, and cast Baywatch actress Mitzi Capture as Jennifer Walters, who we have on the left, and Gabrielle Reese, a volleyball player and fashion model, was going to be She-Hulk, kind of replicating the casting process of, yeah, like Bixby and Ferrigno, now we have uh, Capture and Reese. We're going to have, like, a different actress, one for the alter ego and one for, like, the Hulk side. So That's funny. I saw her on um don't judge me rogan I, i'll see some joe rogan episodes from uh, some time that's uh, reese <laughs> yeah reese yeah oh i'm not familiar with her um yeah other than this <laughs> to me i'm just like oh she's almost with she hulk uh but yeah, yeah. there's a lot of other things she is married to um the famous surfer laird hamilton and uh-huh. uh 
I watched both their episodes or listened to. So, uh, gotcha. yeah, interesting knowledge. I didn't know if she was up for that. Yeah. So it looks like there was they were cast, and a pilot script was written, and there are legends that it was even filmed or partially filmed in 1991. It amazes me that the, this what? never leaked that. Yeah. They filmed some shit? They might have filmed it. I'm not... A, Here's the thing. You would think at this point somebody would have asked any of these three women, whether it's Jill Sherman Don or Mincy Capture or Gabrielle Reese, if they filmed anything. I could not find any confirmation about that. So I'm inclined to believe they didn't end up getting to that point or they would have said something. I mean, maybe even, they I'm maybe sure they the filmed like still... they didn't get to the effects part probably. They might have filmed some Yeah. You know, exterior shots, or it could have been nothing. You know, yeah. but if it was something, that's cool. By the yeah. way, the one on the left, the one, uh, the one that's um, not Gabby Reese, she does uh, sort capture. of, she does sort of look like the woman playing She Hulk now, kind of. Uh, sort of as kind Jennifer, of to me. or as or as as She Hulk, She Hulk. As Jennifer. As Jennifer, yeah, she kind of does. There's the the similar look, which is interesting too, because. Jennifer doesn't. Uh, if we go back to how she looks in the, on the comic cover, she's kind of got the, you know, of its time haircut as Jen. Oh uh, yeah, that's much, fine. Much shorter, uh, which is fine. But uh, you know, it kind of got modernized as we went along, and it is interesting that you know we've got a similar hairstyle. But apparently, the pilot script was titled Metamorphosis and would have taken inspiration from the original Savage She-Hulk comic, especially the very first one, written by Stan Lee. Uh, where Jennifer Walters is trying to take down a criminal mob boss who's responsible for the murder of her mom in the comics, though they made it more Batman-like, apparently, and made it the murder of both of her parents right in front okay. of her in Crime Alley. So they don't want to take Alley. Batman's name, Bruce, but they'll take his origin. <laughs> Clearly, yes. There's a appropriate so. whatever they want, I guess. <laughs> While on the case, Jen apparently is forced to go on vacation to the Caribbean, where uh, she meets a handsome towel boy who is actually <laughs> Bill Bixby's Dr. Banner in disguise. Now, we got to go into something important here. Jen is not Banner's cousin in this pilot. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Maybe they thought it would be too weird to suddenly introduce, like, oh, by the way, this guy you've been following for like 10 years on TV. Yeah, he had a cousin he never mentioned. I mean, it's kind of how they Dude, did it in the comic, too. But still. It's that plus, hear me out. They wanted the Hulks to fuck. <laughs> so. <laughs> they, if they're not related, they can do it. I they would have had a whole Hulk yeah. fuck scene. <laughs> I can't help but wonder if, if a young David Goyer got a hold of this pilot script. And was I forgot like, about ah, all that David Goyer shit. She Hulk was created to fuck Hulk. It all makes sense. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's only like that in this, in this unmade pilot. Or unaired. Not like I actually comics, the cousins of the comics. I actually said all that without even thinking of the Goyer shit. Like he was, <laughs> he was legit serious about like what this was created because of. I always just thought it was. I was just thinking on uh, from the perspective of a Hollywood producer. Right. Yeah. But it's it's a possibility. They can't be related. It's they a possibility. He might be right. At least when it comes to this this TV show. When it comes to this, yes, yeah. but. Again, we've said it before, we've referenced it many times, but mm -hmm. uh, Dark Knight, Scribe, David Goyer, and Man of Steel, and many others, mm -hmm. uh, look up his comments about She-Hulk, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll just have a grand old time. Yes. 
It's funny too because at that time when he said those things, I'm just like, you know what? The best thing they could do for Marvel to shut him up is to do a She-Hulk TV show. I was off by a few years, but that's you know now we're here. So it's true, but the reception still. I feel like it's anyway. We're gonna get to that later in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, at least they kept the cousin thing in the new show. (laughs) They're still cousins. (laughs) Sparks fly apparently between Jen and David Banner. But a hitman has tracked Jen to Caribbean and attacks. And this is where Banner apparently hulks out to help save Jen, but her injuries are too severe. So much like in the comic origin, Banner decides that he has to give her blood to survive, even though he knows that that might have dire effects uh, and turn her into a Hulk. And of course, they have a blood transfusion right in the middle of the street, right? Uh, I don't. Oh, know. that's in the comic. The that's in one it, of the comics in I the read. Comic, he brings her into into a place and, and, and does that. Uh, Man, there was one, I feel like he was, like, straight up in the middle of the road doing it or something. (laughs) I I, I could be off, but that's in my memory for some reason. The closest I can think of is the new new TV show, but he's not really giving the transfusion. It happens so quick in the show, right? It's like, drop, drip, 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 and then, boom, she's there. Like, they really didn't want to stay too long on that origin. I I think also they didn't want to bring in the moral implications of like oh like should i give her my blood type of thing oh, like right here it's right like, it's definitely a choice where he's like all right i gotta do this but either doesn't think about it or he does think about it but thinks like it's worth it to keep her alive whereas here they kind of just they took the choice away and it's kind of just like he didn't want it to happen but it kind of did and it kind of makes sense the way that they did it anyway Mm-hmm. So uh, I also think the cousin connection in general makes more sense because to have them genetically related, so it makes sense for them to have a a transfusion, you know, similar blood type, as well as the idea presented, kind of presented in the Disney Plus uh, pilot, where they're kind of genetically somehow able to handle the gamma radiation. You know, the yeah. fact that they're related. That similar reaction. Yeah, as opposed to like kind of random woman you encounter in the Caribbean now has your power. Type of thing. I, I, I always like Stanley's little spiel about the Hulk. He was like, I don't even know what a gamma ray is. <laughs> it just sounds good. <laughs> Which is why it works so well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he obviously knew what he was doing. Yeah. Him and uh, Jack Kirby. So there is a 1978 Hulk wiki page uh, for this pilot specifically. And I don't really put a lot of stock into fan wikis, but. Uh, you know, this is one where there's not a lot of information on what this could be, and there's a possibility that somebody uh, actually did get a hold of this pilot. Again, we do not have the script for this, so I, I don't know how much of this is true. I'm just going off of what I've read. It also describes her as being Jessica Walters as opposed to Jennifer Walters, so either they got that wrong or uh, once again... Jennifer sounds a little gay. <laughs> exactly. Once again... <laughs> <laughs> they thought the first name sounded too gay and decided to turn to change it. 1980s, everybody. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. But, yeah. you know, I guess it was at that time. They were yeah. just ramping up to do a shitload of coke at a ski resort and fucking drive that red Lamborghini, that boxy-ass Lamborghini. You know what I'm talking about. God that 80s. Damn it. <laughs> Those, that god damn it this yeah the 80s hollywood uh vibe dude come mm-hmm. on yeah <laughs> so it sounds like the hitmen try to attack jen again but she transforms into she hulk in order to protect herself and she experiences these blackouts uh whenever she hulks out and it's david banner who sort of mentors her and and helps her deal with this new life and hulk and she hulk of course would team up to stop the assassins from killing her 
and find out who's behind these attempts on her life. They'd solve the mystery, but she'd end the episode hitchhiking on the road, much like Banner himself. Uh, Synopsis also claims that the reporter McGee from the TV show would arrive to hunt down the story, only to be surprised by the fact that people are saying the Hulk is a woman. That can't be right. But he finds out very soon that uh, it is correct. So uh, one thing that they did confirm from Jill Sherman Donner herself is that apparently She-Hulk would not have been green. So, Oh, really? Yeah. So this is apparently a quote from a 2011 book, You Wouldn't Like Me When I'm Angry, a Hulk companion. Great title. By Patrick uh, Jankowitz, Jill Sherman Donner said, quote, I made her golden instead of green because what? green green isn't pretty. <laughs> so, oh, man. That's weird. Your, I would, changing I, your I, skin color. <laughs> I would have thought it would have been would have been like red or something. I mean, like the red She-Hulk, you know? Yeah, like red kind of makes a little bit more sense with like anger, you would think. But yeah, it's right. just changing her skin color made her seem more feminine, prettier, and different than just making her green. She sparkles. So, yeah, this is a big mistake in my opinion. Like you're taking away like the iconic colors of the character when you're doing this. So I'm kind of glad that this did not go through. Uh, Yeah, they seem less like a family, man. Although I will say sometimes, and again, I like the show, but like it, she does remind me of Shrek (laughs) (laughs) at times. But I know there's no way around it, man. Like she's just that exact same color green, and she's CG, so it's just like, and she's older than fucking Shrek is. Whatever the Shrek woman is, I forget her name, dude. Fiona. Fiona. She yeah. reminds me of Fiona kind of a little bit, but like She Hulk's older than Fiona, man. So it's just like Fiona looks like she 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 Hulk, man. That's how it should be. <laughs> right. That's how we should think about it. Unavoidable comparisons, sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this. I don't know how this hasn't leaked. If it was shot, or why people haven't asked, or maybe they have asked and I haven't found the interview. Like if, you know, let's get Gabrielle Reese on and ask if she was painted golden, you know, and find out. But that's pretty much what we know about this. Some conflicting stories as well in terms of why this did not go through so some say that they were not convinced that mitzi capture as jennifer walters could hold the series uh others say that it's because the previous thing death of the incredible hulk in 90 1990 didn't do well in the ratings so those are factors uh we also have to factor in the fact that bill bixby passed away in 1993 which however was a couple years after this was supposedly shot and written so i don't think that had an effect at that time, if we're talking so, 1991. Death of the Incredible Hulk was in the theater? It's a TV movie. The TV movie. I, yeah. Dude, forgive me, internet. I didn't even know this movie existed. Did I you mean, watch yeah, it? Yeah, it's a series of TV movies. I, I haven't. I've only seen a few episodes of the uh, Bill Bixby show. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've wanted to see Trial of the Incredible Hulk, though, because that's the one that has the first Daredevil with Rex Smith, the first Kingpin with uh, John Reese davies uh, Sala himself, or Gimli. Lord of the Rings as Kingpin. Uh, and uh, it also, I think it's the first Stan Lee cameo. He's a juror in that. When, oh, nice. Uh, Bigsby like hulks out on the stand and he's like, oh my God. So Is that the I one think... with Thor? Thor's not in that one? Thor's in another one. Thor's in another one. I mean, he's they were doing one. shit. That was in 1990. I thought this uh, Hulk show was in like the mid 80s. Or it went up from the mid 80s to the 90s. Uh, it ended in 90 with Death of the Incredible Hulk. And I, I cannot still trying to continue it. I cannot believe it went up to, into the 90s. That's crazy. Yeah. I thought well, it was that, that one, you know. The one. Okay, yeah. So, still like leftover from the 80s, but they definitely wanted to continue it. 
as we can see with yeah. these attempts, or at least sort of spin off into sees like spinoffs of She-Hulk using you know Baywatch actors and Gabrielle Reese. So like it, it makes sense during that time that they would do that. Uh, but they, you know, obviously this was the most popular version of Hulk at that time. Anyway, so it's it, it's not surprising that they would try to bring her in. Uh, however, it didn't work out for whatever reason. And this was not the last attempt at this. After this, there was a movie attempt to bring She-Hulk to life where she would have been green, and they actually do have pictures released of it, and you'll find out more about that after the break. Just wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Gaiden. It's about retro gaming. It's a lot about Japanese to English translation in this first season. It will be 10 episodes each season. First season will be dropping soon, much sooner than Amono Recon. The co-host for this one will be Mike Torres. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general, Japanese cultural differences as well, and we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly, aka EGM, so stay tuned for that. So please be on the lookout for Gaming Gaiden Podcast coming soon. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts Podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. The award-winning Go Nintendo podcast is the best place to get the latest news on the world of Nintendo. We cover the biggest stories, share impressions of the latest games, and answer your burning questions. There's also some general pop culture talk, game music trivia, a heaping helping of silliness, and did I mention our robot companion? I'm the star of the show. Catch new episodes of the Go Nintendo podcast every Saturday on the HyperX Podcast Network. What's that? majestically cresting the horizon as it makes its way into port. Why, it's the brand new HyperX Armada monitors, mounts, and arms. Both the HyperX Armada 25 and 27 gaming monitors come bundled with a sturdy HyperX Armada mount and arm. If you need every split second of advantage when gaming, the Full HD Armada 25 and its 240Hz refresh rate are for you. If you like to soak in the graphical majesty of your gaming, you'll be eyeing the Quad HD Armada 27 with an 165Hz refresh rate. Set sale for HyperX.com or Amazon.com to start making your display armada. Hello fans, as part of the HyperX Podcast Network, we're letting you know that this year is HyperX's 20th birthday. To celebrate, they're offering some great deals on their award-winning gaming gear. If you're in the market for a new headset, a new microphone, blue light blocking eyewear, or any number of other high-quality HyperX products, head on over to HyperX20.com to check out all the birthday deals. Once again, check out the HyperX 20th birthday sale over at HyperX.com. And we're back, and we're going to continue talking about She-Hulk. 
So we found out a She-Hulk TV mm-hmm. series did not work, so they decided. I'm gonna move it, my camera. Let's do a, a movie. Bit. Hold on. So <laughs> New World Pictures tries to move on and do a film. A lot of these and a lot of this episode comes thanks to one of our Twitter fans, uh, Kanye Cannon, superhero geek. Twitter handle Kanye Geek. Kanye, not spelled like Kanye West, but spelled like Con, like Comic Con. Uh, so, anyway, in 1991, in May, there was an announcement at Con Film Festival at a press conference on the beach that they were going to make a She Hulk film casting Bridget Nielsen for movies like Red Sonja, Cobra, Beverly Hills Cop 2, and Rocky 4. And Nielsen did a photo shoot as She Hulk, as I'm going to pull up right now. So, here are the pictures of her in costume. You've got her all colored, uh, different shades of green, uh, different types of green in terms of her costume, wearing a big wig here. And there's even a poster that says She-Hulk, soon to be a major motion picture from New World International. And uh, Tamara Aseyev Productions, which is, she was the producer for this one. So these That's pretty are... cool. I have seen this on Twitter Yeah. Uh, before. I did not know anything about the stuff we went over before the break. This is a... Uh... Pretty cool. It also says something about this was the first woman character Marvel tried to do, right? I want to say yes. I'm trying to, in terms of like a live action adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if there were others Marvel specific. But yeah, the I mean, that, are, okay. The other major ones are part of the X Men and there I was guess Captain a, Marvel, maybe, but there was an attempt to do a Daredevil Black Widow thing a while ago. Oh, back. okay. Like but not solo, photo. though. Not solo, yeah, not solo. Not so solo. Say solo female Marvel specifically. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, she surprisingly she's got like a pretty top place mm-hmm. in Marvel, but people yeah. just don't talk about her as much. At least, well, they they are now, but they 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 didn't for a long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Nielsen did this photo shoot. She was both She Hulk, but she was also Jennifer Walters as we see in these pictures here, the lawyer alter ego. She would have played both roles, which kind of just makes She-Hulk a green version of Jen uh, in this version. But uh, it it kind of makes sense. You know, why would you want to replace Bridget Nielsen uh, with someone else at the same time uh, when it's a major star like that? It's that understandable if you're trying to do like a TV show with like up-and-comers. But for here, it's like, okay, we already have a major star in it. We want her in this as much as possible. Get your money's worth. So Definitely. That's kind of cool. Uh, at the film festival, they passed out apparently four-page brochures promising that she would be, quote, a femme fatale film sensation for the 90s. And uh, <laughs> her outfit, which we see here, uh, was from a place called Trashy Lingerie in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I mean, it sort of gets the uh, idea across, though. <laughs> you know? Uh, another article states it would have started filming in September 1991 in Australia, with the producer I mentioned before, Tamara Aseyev. Uh, and uh, there's different conflicting reports in terms of script and director. We definitely know the producers and the production company behind it. Uh, some say it's B-movie director Larry Cohen, who was hired to do the film and may have co-written the script. Others say that Mark Verheiden uh, turned down writing it. Uh, many say Carl Gottlieb wrote a draft or turned in a treatment. There's another thing I saw where Stan Lee, Tim, you know, Tim... He somehow turned into a treatment in this. I don't know. Some sources say no script was written at all. It's it's a mess in terms of what this could have been. Um, it probably was a mess, dude. Yeah, I mean, it probably was. It probably was all of these in some way. There might have been a treatment, and they were probably trying to pump it up 
to yeah, everybody you know, was contributing to it. I mean, get people into it, and then they'll would have written a script. Maybe that's um, that's what I'm gathering here. Yeah, I think so. Andy Mangles uh, confirmed in an article that we're seeing here that he turned in a treatment in July of '91 where She-Hulk fought a cybernetically enhanced villainess named Cicada. Uh, I, they just I, would not do any fucking shit from the <laughs> comics. That's not from the comics, I assume. I don't think so. No. Uh, so the producer Asayev hoped that the script, the final script, would have quote the humor of Beetlejuice, the look of Batman '89, that would be cool, and the action of the Punisher '89, the Dolph Lundgren version. Okay. Uh, in terms of what uh, you know, they hope to have in this movie. In an interview, Nielsen said that the film wouldn't actually cover much of the origin. She said that uh, she was at some point injected with the same serum that Banner got at the same time. Quote, she's well adjusted to the phenomenon when we start our good natured adventure. So that's okay. interesting. They just don't want to deal with the origin. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling they probably would have wanted to bring in Bixby in some way at this. Remember, it's 91, it's two, a couple years before his death, so it was still on the table. They wanted to find some ways to, to bring it in. So maybe, uh, maybe it was something that was part of it. Uh, Nielsen, however, was on the record that she wanted her co star in this to be Jeff Daniels. As a, like a romantic lead, not as Bruce Banner, but as a romantic lead, citing that she loved him in the movie Something Wild, which, funny enough, is the same movie that Sam Hamm saw and thought that the late Ray Liotta would be a great Joker for his script for Batman 89. Right, uh, okay. Nielsen said, quote, Jeff Daniels would make sure our on-screen liaison was more romantic than just hot. This could have been interesting, because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sort of picturing that she's obviously in like her own... Well, she's switching modes between her Jen Walters mode and the She-Hulk mode, and the She-Hulk one would be obviously very dominant. I can and I can see Jeff Daniels kind of being like a Clark Kent person uh, type of character in this, if we're going off of his something wild type of character. So it it could have been interesting, but I think this is this might be more of her wishful thinking than what was actually in the script or what was developed for anyone who might want to turn around and report that Jeff Daniels was going to play the the lead. That's that's not really what was said. It was more that that's what she wanted. Uh, mm -hmm. So how come this didn't work? Well, there are a few things. One is that uh, supposedly maybe the studio wasn't super confident that She-Hulk was going to work. Again, like the Bixby show had just finished. They just did Death of the Incredible Hulk. Is Hulk still relevant anymore? Because Hulk's been around for so long. Uh, and maybe they were hoping that bringing in Bridget Nielsen and having this photo shoot and showing this at this film festival would have more investors and get this thing moving. But I think a big part of this is the fact that this is before the MCU. This is before Blade. This is before X-Men, the, you know, the Brian Singer, Hugh Jackman one. So back then, Marvel is less associated with, like, hit blockbuster movies. Yeah. And more associated with other stuff that came out in the 90s uh, or right beforehand, which was Howard the Duck, the 90s <laughs> Captain America, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Like, it's also worth mentioning, apparently they announced a Punisher 2 with Dolph Lundgren. Oh, wow. At this film festival. Obviously, that didn't happen either. So, oh, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is kind of what uh, it's a what if, but I think it's it's just the timing was not there for this, at least from yeah. the perspective of like very risk averse studio execs. Yeah, for sure. So uh, who knows? Maybe they should bring her in for a cameo into the She-Hulk TV show right now. That'd be, pr pr that'd be pretty that cool. would be cool. Maybe she will be. Yeah. She could uh, easily be like a juror or somebody in the courtroom. Yeah, or some other role, and maybe she gives advice to She-Hulk about something, because she's, you know, or a hint to something, something cool like that. 
Uh, then Jeff then... Daniels as Harry Dunn shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Put this fucked up hair. <laughs> That's from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> should do that. <laughs> Everybody, look, <laughs> I know he's done like a thousand serious roles. He's on network and shit, but he's yeah. always going to be Harry Dunn to me, man. <laughs> I saw Dumb and Dumber like 400 times when I was a kid. Uh, he's great in both. He's great in comedic yeah. and in dramatic, and it's it's. Uh, I, I I'm wondering how he would have been like in a comic book type of role, you know. Oh, uh, it would have been would have been incredible. I mean, I could see him as the head of Hydra or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. Secret Invasion. I just saw that trailer today. I think I'm two days late. It looks pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, he could be in that. That would have been awesome. Um, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, because that's like the the thriller type. Like it's I like think Senator, Network who's was also a scroll type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'd be cool. I've I forgot that that um, Jeff Daniels hasn't been in uh, Marvel just yet. They haven't taken him in. If we're going in wing. like Batman universe and an alternate world, Gordon, I think he could have been a good wow Gordon. with the stash. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, lastly, we have one last attempt, which was also brought to our attention by uh, Kanye Canyon, uh, which has Corey Everson, who is uh, Ms. Olympia at one point. So it says here, another television She-Hulk project emerged in the 90s, produced by Oliver Stone. Whoa. Yeah, uh, who cast Ms. Olympia bodybuilding champion Corey Everson in the title role. Yes, I was involved with Oliver Stone to play the She-Hulk, which I was very excited about. Everson wrote uh, this author in 2003. We had met with Stan Lee, who I adore, and we had the pilot and scripts ready. No footage was shot as a pilot. I am not sure whatever happened to it. I think Mr. Stone may have gotten involved at the same time with a huge film, and we never picked it back up again. I also re- remember there was some talking with either CBS or NBC, and it just never fell. And it just fell into Never Neverland. Okay. Timing was wrong. Uh, we also have this Facebook post from her, basically saying the same thing: meeting with Stan Lee and never producing the series, and you know everyone just got busy with other things. Okay. So uh, it also says here that uh, on top of that, uh, let's see. Everson regrets not being able to don green body makeup and launch a new superhero into popularity. Quote, it was too bad. I know in my heart it would have been more popular than Xena. Just know that a strong, sexy character who had a ton of personality and was a bit insecure with a body to die for would have made some great TV, and she also would have made a lot of friends with the viewers. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty much all we know on that. Again, no leaked pilot script on that, unless some of our uh, fans can, uh, you know, pass a few things over to us for future episodes, but that's what we got. You know, one of the shorter ones for (laughs) this this week in terms of unmade uh, She-Hulk stuff, but that's kind of all we know for these other uh, attempts that uh, were brought about, which then finally brings us to She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, the current Disney Plus show uh, that's been going on. It's, I think we've watched four episodes so far as of this recording. Yes. And uh, let's dive a little bit into some of it. For that you know it's not it's not a complete season yet so we can't really dive into how you know well the overall season is but so far on this one um you know this has been one that's been very it's been somewhat controversial very controversial on the internet probably because it was always going to be that way I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh think? yeah um okay uh i am enjoying it uh I don't think it's their best show. I think their best show is WandaVision still. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the top... And if you include the Netflix ones, 
I don't think they get much better than the first Daredevil season yeah. and WandaVision. Like, theirs at the top. That's like the S tier. Yeah. And then, like, A tier to me would be, like, um, Jessica Jones season one and Luke Cage season one. Um, honestly, the other Disney ones, well, I can't rate. Not Everything to co- not, kind of below that. Not to have a cop out, but we haven't finished the She Hulk season yet, so we can't I can't rank it. But, but like the, the, yeah, like, yeah, they're all kind of probably uh, under that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of them uh, are like B minus territory. Yeah, B minus kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like um, what was that one Iron Fist and shit, man? Defenders, that shit was bad, dude. I could not, I could not get through that, man. Um, so. Uh, like you said, we've been and I have had some conversations about this offline, but, um, off the air, but like, it's overly hated, as you said, uh, for sure. I I think a lot of that has to do with like, you know, Marvel is like, uh, boy world. I mean, you know, stereotypically, it's like a lot of dudes are into it. So I swear, I feel like this is part of it. God, I hope we don't get too many hate comments. <laughs> but just hear me out, please, before you start typing. It's, you know, so I feel like there's a little bit of like uh, female gaze or like the woman's perspective thrown into this kind of mainly male uh, world. Like this is, a, this, has, this show has uh, women writers, women producer, women directors, women star. You know what I mean? So we're getting like almost a, basically a hundred percent women made show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with, I don't know. I don't even know if there's like women tastes or not, like as far as comic books are, except for maybe like women for, for women characters. But, um, so I think that's part of the hate and people, people will say it's like bad writing or whatever, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know if, if a percentage of those people saying it's bad writing, I, I just question why they say that. Mm-hmm. I question why, like, there's, I don't know, man. A percentage of it might be because they just don't like women. I'm not sure. And again, I don't think it's the best show. And again, I'm saying just a small percentage of those people that might s- sound louder than they are on Twitter and whatnot. Um, they might they might be louder and might seem like there's more of them than there really are. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. Um, and I mean, so Ben, feel free to try chime in at any point, man. Let's we can have a, we can have a back and forth about this. So, well, go ahead for this one, right? I, I agree. It's not it's not my favorite. Yeah, uh, at all on this. I think the the listing the tier ranking that you had is pretty much is pretty accurate. For this yeah. one, and I, th- I think there's definitely, if anything, there's there's still very much the hand of the studio behind, behind this one in terms of like choices that feel very, uh, feel very safe, for this. I think even though like it is still very, uh, against the grain when it comes to just the general studio output of the different movies and stuff. There's a lot more. There's obviously a lot more comedic, a lot more down to earth with the stuff that is now in a courtroom. And I also think that. She-Hulk lends itself a lot more to the television aspect. A lot of these Disney Plus shows, they don't feel like TV shows. They're just very extended movies. You know, like it's just it's just other excuses to like bring eyes to the platform. But for here, 
it definitely feels like a TV show because now it's like, oh, we have a case of the week type of thing. It's uh, a tonal it's shift, a very, which is another yeah. thing that's maybe setting some people off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's already was supposed to be more comedic than usual because that's the character. And uh, I think a lot of people are getting very tired of the MCU comedy type of stuff, which, you know, <laughs> I can't blame them based off of other stuff, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that all comedy is bad uh, in this. And uh, to be fair, not everything hits in terms of all the jokes for these either. Uh, the stuff that's right and the stuff that's not. But, I mean, that's kind of, that's what's going to happen when you're experimenting with this type of stuff. So uh, it's all right. <clears throat> I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying the different MCU connections as well for it. I do appreciate that Tim Roth is back as the Abomination. I was not expecting how they were going to continue the Abomination in that way. I, um, <clears throat> my biggest issue, I think, with when Abomination gets brought in or Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner gets brought in is that it feels like the best dramatic stuff for these, you know, these characters who have been around since the 2008 MCU Incredible Hulk movie is that majority of the dramatic development seems to happen off screen for these characters. Like suddenly <sighs> yeah. we have not seen Abomination since 2008. And since 2008, he apparently has completely reformed himself as all like Zen, like, and uh, Bruce has even forgiven him. That's a far cry from the last time we saw that. And we saw none of that in this TV show. It all happened before this even happened. I'm like, I guess because it's been like 20 years or some shit since then, but still. It has yeah. Been. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's freaky, but it's been 14 years since The Incredible Hulk. It doesn't feel like it, but it's been 14 years. So Wait, like, that's the Eric Bana one? No, or the other the one. Edward Norton one. Man. The Edward Norton one. Who was yeah. the other guy? The other yeah. other guy. Yeah. So, like, I get it. It's been some time. But still, like, there's a part in, like, episode two where Bruce is just like, oh, yeah, like, I've, we've forgiven him. I was a completely different person, literally, which is, it's a funny joke. But dramatically, I'm like, we could have seen some of this. We could have seen Bruce having some problem with the fact that you're representing him. Like, something like that to just give right. dramatic tension to that. I get that, you know, maybe Ruffalo's only contracted for a certain amount of episodes, so they, they could only do so much, and they wanted to continue that storyline. But right. it's it's stuff like that where I'm like, the majority of that is is done off screen. We you and I have talked before about the fact that Bruce's development from, you know, his two warring sides is suddenly solved like off screen like that between Infinity War and Endgame. Well between Yeah, the, like, he comes prologue. back and it's like, Oh, I can control it. I'm always the Hulk and I'm fine. Like Yeah, it's like the biggest that, issue he's had for decades. Yeah, that that you know, that was like probably one of the MCU's uh worse mistakes was they just they just Thing couldn't is, they did not handle hulk and like in, in avengers one he fucking yeah. rules you know yeah. yeah he's like a monster they he's he is the weapon that loki uses in a sense uh you know he he wants to get captured you know all that stuff so, <laughs> he wanted but, to get caught but then but then like you know as time went it's just like they just they didn't know what to do with them man meanwhile and i haven't read it but i know in the comics what the immortal Hulk or whatever was having like the best run ever, like the horror Hulk series. Yeah. It's so, been highly recommended to me too. Yeah. Yeah. People have, I've, people have been talking about that. So it's just like the movies is like, at least he's there, but it just could have been handled. Yeah. Better. They didn't I mean, know. They didn't know what they're doing. Yeah, really. It seems like after age of Ultron, they just didn't know because like we get Thor Ragnarok tries to adapt planet Hulk, but, and we've talked about this in the Patreon. But, like, if you read the com Planet Hulk comic and then you saw Thor Ragnarok, I can understand you being disappointed in how they adapted 
Planet Hulk because it, it went from, you know, they, they made a comedy out of what is really a, like, hardcore life-and-death Spartacus gladiator type of story uh, from yeah. the comics. Um, so there was that aspect. And then I didn't mind how Hulk kind of had his own journey in Infinity War of the fact that he had to sort of accept being Banner in, like, the Hulkbuster suit. But apparently, this is, you know, kind of going into the unmade Hulk stuff, there was a scene, and it's online, where Bruce argues with the Hulk in terms of them being in the Hulk uh, Buster armor and how he, you know, like, they sort out their issues in a way and they both agree that they have to fight together in order to survive this fight with Thanos' army. And apparently after that was when Smart Hulk breaks out of the Hulk Buster armor, blocks the guy attacking, and then he realizes he's both Banner and Hulk at the same time. And he says, we worked it out. And then he would have continued the rest of the movie. So that would have been, that would have been cool. I don't that know why be, they cut that. We needed that. That's what we needed. It's a very short yeah. scene, so it could have used a little bit more time, but that's better than what we got. It's better than nothing at all, yeah. Yeah, and we got we got nothing at all. And now he's like all zen and stuff on an island. Uh, and again, I'm just like, this guy went through so much shit in just the last couple movies, the last couple of Avengers movies. He uh, feels responsible and guilty for the death of half the universe because he talks about that. How, like, you know, they failed to stop Thanos. And, you know, granted, most of the Avengers feel that way, too, about that. So he feels about that. Uh, the woman he loved, Nat, Black Widow, dies. And he never even gets to say goodbye to her on that. And then he nearly loses an arm, snapping everybody back to existence. Which, by the way, nobody seems to acknowledge at all. Right. Afterwards. It's all about it's, Tony. It's all about Tony, which, like, sure, Tony did sacrifice himself. It was great. He helped take out the rest of Thanos' army, but Hulk literally brought back half the universe, and nobody gives a shit. Nobody says anything about this. You know, nobody talks See, about, this, like, oh, like, Hulk's the savior. You're right, and Go I ahead. think this is where some of the misplaced hate for the show is. Uh, like, the maybe the reasons are off a little bit, because and again, this is why it's not just a type of misogyny, I think, because people are seeing how kind of mean she is to Hulk, to Bruce in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. And she's, maybe she doesn't know. I don't know, man, but she's like, like kind of like, just doesn't seem to know his backstory. She's kind of mean to her cousin. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people watching this were probably, maybe even subconsciously, just like, the fuck did Bruce do, man? All he's trying to do is help you, you know? Yeah. So she doesn't come off as like super likable uh, in the first uh, episode. Um, and there, I have a thing too where I don't like it when people like hate to train or don't want to train in <laughs> right. a show. Uh, also, it all comes like easy I, for her anyway. It comes because easy like, for you. Why it, am I watching this? She can do I, everything anyway. <laughs> I hate, I didn't really like it when Luke left Dagobah early or whatever, right? Didn't he leave training early and y with Yoda? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he had to go into the third act of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. writers dictated he had to, it. Like, he yeah, had to take his, here at the end take his spaceship to the third <laughs> act. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Him, uh, he skips his training. <laughs> the plot. <laughs> How do we speed this shit up with this green puppet? Um, so, uh, moving on to other green characters. So, yeah. Um, yeah. at any rate, 
maybe it has maybe it's better yeah. written in, in Star I, I Star it. Wars, it's, but it's yeah. it's like, dude, I fuck. You need to fucking train a little more. You need you just you're you have this fucking. I know it's like a lighter tone, which is part of the issue, but. Mm-hmm. Like if it was like even one percent of a heavier tone, she would be like, "Bruce, help me! I don't know what's going on with me. You're the only other Hulk. I yeah. need help." You know what I mean? I Which guess that makes her rely on a man too much, yeah, like it's thematically. Yeah, the Jill Sherman Donner thing. Yeah, where where he's like, "Hey, like this is how it's like. This is what you got to do." And like they tried to do it, but it was also done in a way where she's just like, "I don't got to listen to you. I don't want to do this." Which, again, like I feel like this is a waste of time. We know she's She-Hulk. It's just kind of going to do stuff. It put it kind of it kind of put me off. Like we're we, we going to have like a maybe maybe they'll she'll complete that character arc again. We're only uh, four episodes in at this point, but mm-hmm. maybe she'll complete that character arc and she'll be like, "Sorry, I was a jerk, Bruce, or or whatever." Uh, you know, I think that would be cool. But um, so yeah, I, I didn't love that either. And I think that the other issues with the show is just like it's a little. It's a little slow at the moment. It feels slow-ish, and she's only kind of fought like the regular, regular street muggers and demon bats. Which yeah. demon bats are cool, but and I, I guess again, a part of this is because it's the origin, and she doesn't want to be a superhero yet either. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's. I want to see her Hulk the fuck out. I want to see yeah. her do some major damage. I want to you know I want to see I want to see a really cool action scene. And man, the demon bats. Just not cool enough. Just <laughs> not really. Just yet, you know. Like it's that fine. Been fine as Ep four if she had a big fight in Eps one through three, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it's like it's kind of the first time she's really done superhero type stuff with it. Like, yeah, she had the whole thing fighting Titania in the courtroom, but that was like, that was literally like what, like one or two punches, and then that's it, and that's the end, you know. And then yeah. uh, the fight with the Muggers wasn't was really more to save herself. So this is like, it's the very first time that she sort of debuts. Uh, in the show as like having to literally step in and choose to step in to save people as opposed to being forced into it. And, you know, it was fine for what it was, but as like a debut thing, yeah, I agree. It's, it's lacking, but it would have been helped if there was other stuff in the previous episode. So it didn't feel like this was like all on this episode in episode four. And I felt like in episode four, the magicians, man, that's just (laughs) mostly not funny to me like i know everybody's got a different sense of humor mm-hmm. and dude that was just not i thought that i thought the show would fallen off at that point <laughs> i was I like do, man i do like the dynamic of wong though i was not expecting yeah that the dynamic carrying like one of my favorite dynamics of the show would not be with jen and bruce but would be with jen and wong of all people but you know as i've told you before i guess he's the guy you bring in if you if cumberbatch is busy you know, if you can't bring in Cumberbatch because he's got a million different roles going on right now, then, you know, bring in this guy. And he's great in it uh, as that. And it's He's it starting works. to feel like, um, what you call it, um, Sam Jackson. Nick Fury, yeah. Yeah, like Nick Fury. Um, although Secret Invasion is looking like it's going to be a Nick Fury movie, huh? Yeah. There's a lot cool. of him in it. Yeah, It's it's Nick, uh, Nick uh, Fury and Talos, the scroll mm-hmm. dude. You might as well, life. man. Yeah. You, you know, he's been in every, all, like most of the other movies, so. Yeah. Especially yeah. Phase One, Two, Three. I do. I do like how Phase Four has, at least in the Disney Plus shows and stuff, sort of highlighted some of the guys who were more of the supporting characters and then made them more front and center. You know, like that's what made what made WandaVision very interesting was the fact of like, okay, we feel like we barely know these characters, but then suddenly you felt like you really knew these characters. 
Oh man, that's, what that's, a great show! Yeah, like they they needed to do that with the others, and they've been you know sometimes they've been more successful than others, but I, I think that's that's kind of what's helped, and I think maybe a part of this is the frustration when it comes to She Hulk that like hey, She Hulk's getting this show. Meanwhile, Hulk's gotten sort of the you know the short straw in so much of the snuff in the team up movies, and hasn't had a solo movie since two thousand eight. In 14 years, and you know that's but you know this Universal on. owns the rights or something. There's a Universal, th- but you know, I'm like, I feel like that's it's probably if I were to speculate, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes because I really doubt that Universal is like, yeah, the superhero thing and teaming up with Marvel, you know, kind of doing what Sony does and teaming up with Marvel or Spider-Man. We don't want to do that. Like, I really doubt that's that's their attitude about this. I really don't think it's Universal refusing. I could be wrong on that. I'm sure there's people in the comments who have some info on that, but I just I I, I refuse to believe that Universal refu- like hates money that much. <laughs> you know? That's true. I mean, if Sony so, could work it out with Spider-Man, anything could happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> even if they are making Morbius, so we have, <laughs> I uh, mean, they they've made a lot happen, haven't they? Yes. Um, <laughs> do but, we want to uh, talk yeah. about the twerking? Or are we not there just yet? We're there. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> We're there. Dan, get the, the, the photo. <laughs> I couldn't believe oh, this, honestly, but go it's ahead, Ben. the most talked about post credit scene in Definitely. a long time. Uh, I can't think of anything that's been talked about more, actually, <laughs> in terms of post credit scenes recently. It's been more uh, talked about than the war in Ukraine and Russia. <laughs> more ridiculous. talked about and by than, ridiculous, uh, I mean the controversy about it. Like, it's... Yeah. The, the best way to sum this up, in my opinion on this, the best way to sum this up is this meme that's been going around with people saying Marvel would never make She-Hulk twerk in the comics. Meanwhile, Marvel making She-Hulk jump rope naked in the comics in Sensational She-Hulk number 40. She jumped rope naked for 22 pages in this issue. <laughs> issue 40 in 89 and 90. So, again, you can't really say that this is, you know outside of the character it's totally in character for this to be happening you know if anything i think okay again there there's larger things at play here ben and let us talk about mm-hmm. them so go ahead um basically some people get their wires crossed when they watch a show like this because they'll they're 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 thinking that this is about women empowerment she's a lawyer this and that woman superhero and then They'll be like, well, if it's about empowerment, why is she doing this? She has now made herself uh, an object of sex, a sexual object, right? So how powerful can that be? But the, the problem with that thinking is, how can I say this? The fact that you think that they're immediately a sexual object from that... Man, this is it's kind of tough to explain. I feel like I understand it, but it's hard for me to put it into words. Well, uh, there's I, always I there's a there's, a there's at least a smidgen mm-hmm. of misogyny, <laughs> if not a lot, in I, that way of yeah. thinking. I, and I think if you had, they're one, removing the idea go ahead, of go being ahead. empowering in a way. Like yeah, they're, they're they're removing the idea that being sexy or attractive is in some way empowering and can be empowering for either sex. Exactly, and. Okay, let's think about the let's 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 do a gender reversal here too. This is what I think will help some people because maybe some people listening would like you know maybe you know would like to hear this part of the the this this conversation this topic. So let's say you have 
uh, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, and for some reason, Sean William Scott. I just feel like this helps my example. Sean William Scott, Stifler from uh, American Pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're in this scene. Um, hell, Ant-Man is, uh, I mean, uh, Paul Rudd is Ant-Man. Sean William Scott is just in there because I'm thinking of role models, that movie Role Models. Um also, Sean William Scott, by the way, would be a great addition to the MCU. Like a fucking f- seamless transition. Don't know why he's not in it yet. Put him in Ant-Man 3. Put him in Ant-Man 3, for the love of God. So, <laughs> have him twerk with Paul Rudd. And let's say they're like listening to ACDC or a fucking, um, well, that's, that was Tony Stark's thing. But, you know, Kiss, like in Role Models or some other kind of rock music. And they're kind of like humping the air in a victory dance or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still sexual. It's still to music. It's still like, it's kind of the same exact thing, but I'm telling you that would not have any of the hate this scene would have had because that scene would have been seen as the boys playing around. There's, you know, there's also people bringing up other examples of guys dancing in the MCU with, you know, Star-Lord interrupting, like Star-Lord interrupts an entire climactic third act to do a dance off with Ronan the Accuser in Guardians. The thing is, that's, that's, that's close. Even. It's close, Ben. It's close, but I think mm-hmm. it's not as sexual. I feel it like you really, you really have to do like yeah. the like the humping the air kind of. I don't even know what the fuck. Just imagine like, you know, Paul Rudd and Steve, <laughs> Sean William Scott like humping mm-hmm. the air. Like, I don't know, fucking like even like there's a guitar move where you can kind of like hump. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know they're playing air guitar and humping. Right, it's right. Some, it's yeah, like somewhat sex. It's somewhat mm-hmm. sexual, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it's kind of like the same thing just about like they're they're not I know it's confusing to a lot of guys, but they're not it's a sexual looking position mm-hmm. and it can be sexual, but and it is kind of sexual, but it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, how can I say this? Yo, they're it, not it, thinking it, about the same way you are. They're just having fun as women in this case. Am I reading this wrong? No, I don't think so. But also to me, I'm just like, it's just a fucking post-credit sequence. It's post-credit sequence. It's not even the fucking actual thing. It's like two, it's less than two minutes. Like, I just, yeah. I don't really give a shit about this. Like, if I if I hadn't looked on the internet about this, I would have seen this at the end and probably forgotten about it. Like, I'm I mean, not I, yeah. really, like, I, People it's went only nuts notable over mainly it. because of the controversy, not because of what's actually in it. It doesn't, yeah. I think, okay. Just to sum up what I'm saying, because I know it's been, it's been kind of confusing. I'm still processing it myself, but I just the basically the main takeaway I think you should take away take from this audience, not you, Ben. You already know. They're just they're not they're probably again not a woman. We're not women on here. Let us know in the comments, but if you are a woman, but I just don't think they're thinking of it the same way you are. If you're thinking of it as them just being a sexual object, you know what I mean. They're mm-hmm. just having fun with the girls. Just right. like Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott in my scenario were just having fun victory dance with the boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's That's really it. Just, just celebrating the fact that she signed basically to be her client. That's it, man. I mean, yeah. I think it's just – it's been blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the story because it's a post-credit sequence. Who gives a shit? Especially when there's a whole issue of her jump roping, jump roping naked. She's already been sexual. I mean, that that might, I mean, there's some subtle differences here. I mean, this is similar. This is talking about the same, sort of the same thing. But mm-hmm. this, look, man, I mean, feminism is tricky, dude. This fucking shit's tricky, especially if you're a guy, mm-hmm. you know? 
we it's fucking hard to figure out, man, at times. So, um, hell, you know, let's continue the conversation in the comments, you know. Well, on that note, <laughs> that's superhero <laughs> stuff you should know. <laughs> All right, big thanks to Dan for putting together the visuals for this uh, episode, including uh, She-Hulk's Jumping Naked, for those who want to look at that again. Uh, moving <laughs> on, uh, we'll, we'll go over some fan comments, starting with Twitter, actually. We have uh, Tom Solo, at AV1LOS, uh, talking about our episode on Michael Goff's Alfred in Nightfall. Somebody okay. watched it. Uh, so vivid Do we have low views on that one? <laughs> we do, which is... People were asking for that to be released, and it's released. And anyway, <laughs> the two people that asked for it watched it, man. <laughs> I guess so. so I consider this a win. <laughs> yeah, it is. We gave the people what they wanted. So Tom says, "Vivid memory of buying Nightfall on audio tape in the '90s at a mall and being thrilled to discover Michael Goff voiced Alfred in it. Completely different time, pre-internet. I had no idea what I had bought." Years before I heard Lazarus Syndrome on CD, glad you were covering this. And yes, definitely in the United States, originally on audio cassettes, uh, were these released, I think he means. Both Death of Superman and Nightfall were, but Dirk Max's earlier Superman and Batman stories first became available here over a decade later on CD. Makes sense. Okay. All right. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Uh, Next one is, uh, we're going back into some of the archive stuff. Some of you guys have uh, discovered some of our backlog. So this Love is a it, comment man. on the Radio Superman episode we went into. Uh, from Singing Banana. Singing Banana. I'm kind of disappointed your avatar is not actually a banana singing. But anyway. I know. You need to get get on that, man. <laughs> this was or great. Or woman. Yes. Singing Banana says this was great. I'm a huge fan of the Radio Superman there's not a lot of talk about Radio Superman on the internet, and this was a very knowledgeable breakdown. I agree 100% with everything you said. Radio Superman is great, and Radio Jimmy Olsen is cool. Woo! Thank you, Singing Banana. And lastly, Hip Hop Happened uh, on our <laughs> The Batman script from 1982. Yes, going way, way back to our kind of uh, backdoor pilot into superhero stuff you should know, uh, oh, where yeah. I brought up that Joker's last line to Batman in the shooting script. Uh, was I saved the last dance for you as he pulls him over the edge and have both of them uh, sort of fall, presumably to their deaths. Uh, so Hip Hop Happens says, I saved the last dance for you is genius. I can't believe they cut that shaking my head. Thank you, <laughs> Hip Hop Happens. Thank you, Hip Hop Happens. <laughs> that would have been cool too. <laughs> All right, on to the uh, fan shout outs. Oh man, we're already here, guys. I can't yes. believe it. Where the fuck is my list? Here we go. All right, so we want to thank some of our newer people who include, uh, let's go with Chris M., Braxton W., Darren F., Billy L., Yusuf A., Kevin R., and Derek O., and Billy L., and uh, we want to thank our other supporters. Thank you guys for everything. Uh, if you want to uh, get yourself up on the here, this here board right here, go to patreon.com slash superherostuffpod. That's a $1 tier. We'll get you up on this board and a shout out. Um, and uh, yeah, and then our $5 tier is a whole other show. This show you're watching right now is uh, is for free on YouTube or on, uh, you know, your podcast listening devices. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, Apple, what is it, podcast or Spotify or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
And but this five dollar show is a whole other show. It's on every Friday. We do deeper dives and talk about you know topics of the week, of the month, or whatever as well. Going to news, we go into news sometimes, but um, I mean, hell, you've, if you've been watching the show for the past month or so, there's that we've released two uh, from the vault or at least parts of them. So um, that's a good little preview there. So there's a lot more there. We're at like 132 episodes as of this recording. Mm-hmm. So um, we've released three or four from the vault. So there's still quite a lot behind the paywall. So <laughs> check that out. Yeah. And then we have our $10 tier, which is uh, basically you get the $5 and $1 tier benefits. Plus it's a monthly meetup tier. So you can join us for a call and we meet up monthly uh, in a zoom like environment. And we, uh, have a topic at hand, but also just shoot the shit with listeners. Uh, thank you guys for being a part of our $10 tier, by the way, as well. And everybody, $5, $1 tier tier as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also we have merch, superhousepod.redbubble.com, superheroestuffpod.threadless.com. Hopefully by next year we're going to have new uh, stuff. I don't want to downplay this shit too much, but <laughs> I mean, our, you know, our, our sales haven't been too great on this one. But uh, but anyway, Ben Man and Deed Wizard, Zacula, Mugs, Shirts, Shower Curtains, and the rest. Artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz, Zach, Zachary Jackson Brown, art.com. Zachary Jackson Brown was a co-host. And again, just going to say it again, he, he had a, his wife had a kid, and uh, he's on an 18-year break from the show. Yeah. So... <laughs> So there that is, uh, by the time, you know, we have flying cars and shit, he'll uh, be back on the show. So there that is, <laughs> yep. um, if, you'll see him in the backlog if you, if you go there. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, please send us some audio, anything at all to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. Thunderwolf drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube is uh, my other stuff. And ThunderwolfDrew.com has, uh, yeah, all my portfolio in one spot, except for AmanoRecon.com. This poster by Zachary Jackson Brown. Uh, that's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com. We are submitting, we submitted to festivals, everybody. So whenever this little, I submitted to four, whenever these festivals are done, we're going to finally release this four-minute thing. And uh, it's going to, that four-minute thing is the pitch video for a 23-minute thing. What it is, is an R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things meets X-Files kind of thing. We're going to crowdfund it via Indiegogo.com. And uh, I'm happy with it. It's uh, it's still coming. I know I've been talking about it forever. I kind of, I think I announced it too soon, to be honest with you. But here we are. That's it. Ben. Oh, don't forget this God, gaming I for- guide. I need to add this to my notes. Let me add that real quick. Gaming Gaiden. Yes, you're right. That's another thing that uh, I'm working on. I feel like everybody's like, his shit never comes I'm out. You. I'm helping yourself promotion here. I know. Um, so <laughs> Gaming Gaiden is a podcast that I did with Mike Torres. He was on uh, the Ranking Superman video games episodes on this podcast uh, Gaming Gaiden is a 10-episode miniseries, season, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we'll probably do it in seasons. Um, there are they're actually all already recorded. It's just a matter of time. I'll tell you right now, the reason that's being held up right now is because we, we want to record all of our Patreon next. So Ooh. so that we're kind of have it all ready. So 
that's kind of the holdup at the moment. We're going to record half to maybe all of it this weekend, hopefully, knock on wood. But what it is, is a video game podcast, but we're, it's a lot of interviewing Japanese to English translators of video games. So, um, like, there's just a lot going on there that you wouldn't expect. And, of course, a lot of talk about Japanese culture, um, some Japanese history, um, and, like, just kind of, like, think about, like, a deep dive into the job, uh, like a, you know, a closer look at a profession. That's what this 10-part miniseries is. But there's also a couple episodes peppered in throughout that in, where we're going to interview the writers for Electronic Gaming Monthly Magazine. That was a gaming magazine I loved as a kid, and it was great meeting those guys for the podcast. So um, it's coming. It's recorded. Uh, thanks for reminding me, Ben. Gaming no Gaiden. Problem. No problem. Uh, big thanks to Comic Capital on Instagram as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. You can follow us on social media on Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram, Superhero Stuff Pod, TikTok, Superhero Stuff Pod, Vero, Superhero Stuff Pod. Woo! Uh, my website is benwanwriter.com, where, yes, my shit is actually out, unlike Andrew. So. <laughs> this is the episode where Ben dunks on me. <laughs> you can read. Gotham Vampire. God damn it. <laughs> Spec script from Gotham. Make me feel worse. Bruce <laughs> Bruce fights the Mad Monk. Oh, man. Mine's a little easier to get out there, to be honest. Like I, I can just literally put my script pages out there. That's you it. just write some shit. Mine's, <laughs> mine takes out. heart and soul, bro. I've got to get a Patreon about video games. <laughs> the other... The other is Elementary, The Death of Sherlock Holmes, a modern Elementary. update on The Adventure of the Dying Detective by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And, of course, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland. The Curb Your Enthusiasm episode they could never make where Larry goes to Disneyland. Hey, people read it. Make comments about this, please. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's BenRonWriter.com, right? Yes, it is. Ben so Ron fucking Ryder. go there. Read this Curb script. Let There's got to be think. some Curb fans out there. I really want to know what people think about this. <laughs> uh, my YouTube channel is in the description below, where you can also check out my project, Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, The Eighth Doctor Meets Miyamoto Musashi. Uh, my personal Instagram is Ben Ron Ryder. Uh, my son's Instagram, my cat, Alfie, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. And if you have an Alfie, you can also get the Whisker Box, the only cat box for the crazy cat lady and gent. And yes, we do have a promo link for this somehow somewhere uh for this we're not just talking we got, about it we do have an affiliation with it you know what i need to check point. in on that we might or, we may or may not have affiliation with this please oh, maybe hold a, off on this when you get a url code like we had with manscape man yeah that's why you really know you made it in life. and uh we do we know for sure that we do have a url code for barkbox y'all oh we do have that exactly what they want first month off free valued at 35 dollars with our promo link, which you can get at superherostuffpod.com slash shop. Get all sorts of shit. The BarkBox link. Uh, we might not have Whisper Bidets anymore. We might really need to look into what we have and don't have between God now and the next it. episode. But uh, check out what you can. Our Amazon affiliate links at least should have some stuff. We kind of have to do a minor, over, uh, minor to major <laughs> overhaul of some of this stuff. We might. By the way, if Anybody you get the these. if you get the bark box or whisker box, especially, can you like tag us with what hashtag superhero stuff pets superhero? Let's start following that hashtag, Ben. Superhero yes. stuff dog. Yeah, superhero stuff. Superhero stuff. 
pets. That's how you know it's us. Yeah. So hashtag that, please. Hashtag, mm-hmm. and, and at us on Instagram. Um, I don't know if your cat has a cape or your dog has a cape too, or yes, like whatever kind of like, yeah, especially if you got the bark box or whisker box, like take a picture that way we can really send them. <laughs> we can a, <laughs> a, it's an engagement with the audience, but also, you know, uh, tell bark box and whisker box. We're still with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, yes, please, uh, visit superhero stuff, slash shop. And uh, take a look at what we got and buy something, <laughs> please. Buy so, some shit. Now, the, yeah, the Amazon links do work. Do work it's yeah. kind of a really small kickback for us, but it's something, you know. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, and the eBay buy a also. Keaton Batman Funkos, please. Yeah, yeah, please. You know, you have we'll that. Get, but good ten dollars out of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, right. we're not we're not we're not pumping those uh, Ezra Miller uh, flashes anymore though. We got to update this picture. Oh, is that as off? Well. <laughs> is that That's off. I took I took that off. I took that off. <laughs> I'll update the picture then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Man. Let's see. <laughs> we'll, we're we're, gonna, we're updating. We're updating. Us saying it on the air is a <laughs> promise to that we make to ourselves, everybody. Also goes to show we definitely care more about what we're saying on the podcast than we do about the merchandise. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true, man. <laughs> yep. We're not in this to make money. We're in this to make fun of ourselves trying to make money. I mean... Yeah, that is true. Partially, yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, with that, we're we're not really Batman eighty nine themed this uh, this week. So I know I, guess, I didn't plan uh, this, but like again, before we go, I uh, hope I didn't ruffle too many feathers. Uh, let's continue the conversation without yelling at everybody. Yeah, let's please. Our anger, like Bruce Banner, is able to do in the in the uh, Disney Plus show right now. Uh, and uh, if not, then uh, well, don't make us angry. You wouldn't like us when we're angry.